0: 2 Chronicles 15, and we'll read three verses of Scripture and have a word of prayer, four verses of Scripture, and then you can be seated. 2 Chronicles 15, and verse number one. The Bible says, And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded, and he went out to meet Asa, and said unto him, Hear ye, me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while ye be with him. And if you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him... He will forsake you, verse number three. Now for a long season, Israel hath been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without law. Let's bow for prayer and then you can be seated. Father, we want to thank you tonight for the good singing, the presence of God. Lord, it's been a great day and we want to give you the glory for it. Your presence is what makes it so wonderful. God, we thank you for your people tonight. I pray that you'll bless each one of them. And Lord, these next few moments, I ask you to take the word of God, speak to us and speak through us. Lord, may you get the glory. I pray that we not see man. Lord, help us tonight to not lift up our flesh in any way. But oh God, I pray that you'd be pleased with our worship and may we see no man save Jesus only. God bless the invitation and do what needs to be done. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to draw your attention to verse number three here in just a moment. But this is text that we have read is a portion of a sermon that Azariah, in verse number one, the prophet, delivers to King Asa uh, concerning. Uh, the need of Israel. He is urging Asa to <coughs> reform the land. In other words, he, he wants him to bring revival. To, uh, we know that only God can bring revival, but there is the responsibility of man to do what is necessary in order for God to work and God to move. And so Azariah is giving King Asa here the instructions of what he what God wants him to do. And in the early verses of this uh, sermon that he delivers in chapter number 15, I want you to notice three important things. One that we'll deal with tonight, and that is, uh, first of all, the blessing of Azariah's message. The Bible said in verse number one, and the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded. Now, when you think about the Spirit of God that came upon him, that was the blessing on the message and on the man of God. This uh, Spirit of God represents two things. It represents the authority of God, and then when it came upon Azariah, it represents the anointing of God. Amen? The Spirit of God is that authority, but when the spirit of God comes upon a man that is that heavenly or that holy anointing that comes uh, when he delivers that message and may I say tonight uh, we cannot preach without that anointing, amen, we cannot preach without that authority, we can give out information and we can give out an outline sermon but if there's no touch then there'll be no transformation in a person's life and so here we see the blessing of Azariah in verse number one and his message and then in verse number two I want you to see the boldness of Azariah's message. The Bible said here uh, that he went out to meet Asa Asa, and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you be with him. And if you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. When I look at the boldness of this man of God in this verse here, I see here that there is boldness uh, in his coming to the king. The Bible said that he went out to meet Asa. In other words, he didn't wait for the king to come to him, but he went to the king. Amen? And can I tell you in those days if uh, if a prophet or anyone for that matter went into the presence of a king without being invited in, it could cost them their life. But what about a preacher that had enough boldness to take the message of God to the king regardless of the consequences? Amen? I want to tell you that's the kind of preaching we need nowadays. Uh, it's some men of God that will have some boldness uh, and will stand for what's right. Amen? I see his boldness in coming Uh, to the king and then I see his boldness in crying out to the king. Look what he said in verse number two. He said, uh, uh, he said, hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. In other words, he's not just coming but he's calling the king's name out. He wants his attention. Can I tell you, I wanna go to church with a man of God will just preach the Bible, will tell me what the word of God says Uh, and if it calls my name out then so be it. Somebody say amen. Amen. Now, brother, I'm telling you, listen, it doesn't matter who we are, from the pulpit all the way down to the last pew, we're all made of the same stuff, isn't that right? And when a preacher preaches the Bible, I'm gonna tell you, we're all gonna get under conviction from time to time, isn't that right? Now, I don't want to go to a church where I never get under conviction or condemnation about anything. I want God to deal with my heart, whatever needs to be worked in and worked out of my life. I want him to tell that preacher so the man of God will have the right message and that message will speak to me so that I can get closer to God. And it's going to take boldness and we're living in a time when, listen, pastoring and preaching is not for sissies. Somebody say hey, amen. Right. Brother, I don't think you ought to be mean-spirited. No. But listen, I, even as a, Even as an individual, I I want a preacher to tell me the truth. Amen. Speak the truth in love, the Bible said. And I see his boldness in his crying out and then his boldness in the clarity of, of, of the, to the king. Look what he said. The message is very clear in verse number two. He said, the Lord is with you while you be with him. And if you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. You know what I like about the message in verse number two? It's very simple, it's very clear, it's very plain, it's very easy. To understand, isn't that right? Brother, I want a preacher to preach to me where I can understand. The platform in the pulpit is not a showcase. It's not a place for a preacher to get up and, and to perform and talk about himself or or to try to impress somebody with how little or how much he knows. Is that right? It's just a place to, uh, to take the word of God and tell people what God said in the book, what God said in the Bible. And I'll tell you, listen, you didn't come to hear me. I didn't come to hear you. We came for one reason. That's to hear from him, uh, to hear from heaven, uh, uh, to hear what the saith the Lord God. Amen. And I see here the blessing of Azariah's message and then the boldness of Azariah's message, but here's what I really want you to think about tonight. In verse number three, there's the beginning of Azariah's message. Notice how his sermon begins, because it's really what we want to preach on a few moments tonight. He said in verse number three, now, for a long season, Israel hath been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without law. In this, the beginning of his message, he mentions the period of time. He said for a long season. He mentions the people as he calls out the nation of Israel. But then he mentions the problem. You know what the problem is? The underlying problem in verse three. Look at it real closely. It's one word mentioned three times and it's the word without. He tells Israel that you've been without three very important things. I want to preach a few minutes tonight on some things we cannot do without. Some things we cannot do without. And if you don't, know, if you want to know what those things are, they're found in verse number three. Uh, the preachers already outlined them in the text here. I want to say the first thing that we cannot do without is the true God. Amen. And when he mentions without, he said, for a long season, Israel has been without the true God. I want to say this first part of this message, this introduction of this message has to do with worship, amen? They had been without the true God. In other words, they had worship, but it was a faulty worship. It was a fake worship. It was a very fleshly worship. It wasn't a worship that was from above. Can I tell you this, this evening, that's what we've gathered for, is to worship God, isn't that right? Right? And brother, I want to tell you the church is not a social club. Uh, not like fellowship, like we had today. I don't think there's nothing wrong with the church coming together and having fellowship. But the church was not designed uh, necessarily to be a social club or or to have fellowship. That fellowship is a byproduct of that. Listen, we're not. Uh, listen, we're not. Uh, uh, we're not a Masonic lodge. Is that right? Uh, listen, there is a difference between the church uh, and some organization out there. The church is a living organism. Amen. It's. The- the bride of Christ. It's the body of Christ. Uh, It's the building of God. Uh, It's a battalion that can never be defeated. Uh, That's what the church is. Uh, And brethren, I remind us all that our purpose in being here tonight is not that that we would see each other, but that we would see Christ high and holy and lifted up. Uh, We have met to worship the Lord, amen. Uh, When I come to church, I I, I always have this one anticipation, I think you do too, it's to worship God. I don't want to go to church and him not be here. Is that right? i have been some times I've been to church, he wasn't there. Brother, I tell you, there's no worse feeling than, than packing up some suitcases, driving 400 miles, getting someplace, and finding out God didn't show up that week. And you got to be there through Friday. Amen. Brother, I'm telling you, listen, we're blessed. We're not blessed because of a building. We're not blessed because of a number. We're not blessed because of finances. We're blessed because we can feel his presence. Amen. Well, I got to singing that song. A savior, savior, while on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. Pass me not, O gentle savior. Hear my humble cry. This could feel the presence of God. Uh, and I'm not running on feelings, but thank God. I'm glad I go to church where I feel something. Amen. I'm glad I go to church and I leave different. Amen. I'm glad I go to a church where the presence of God works and moves. I never want to lose that. Do you? We need it. I'm telling you don't take it for granted tonight. They were without the true God. Well there's a lot of churches today that have learned how to function without that unction. They've learned how to have church without him. Amen. Brother, I like structure, don't you? I, I don't think we ought to just come and say, well, whatever happens, happens. I mean, leadership ought to have some kind of order about it. It ought to have some kind of structure. And, and the song leader, uh, he prays and gets some songs on his heart. And he has a structure. And those that play the pianos, I'm glad they don't get up there and say, well, I'll just touch any key and see what happens. Amen? Wouldn't that be awful? Amen? No, there's got to be some structure. There's got to be some practice. Something's got to be put in it. Those that play the instruments, uh, uh, they don't just say, well, we'll just, Lord, just touch these strings and just whatever comes out, comes out. Wouldn't that be a mess? There's gotta be structure. There's gotta be the touch of God. Brother, can I tell you tonight, when you think about this, according to this verse, they had learned how to worship without him. They were without the true God. Why? Idolatry had come in and false worship, fleshly worship, all that faithless worship had come into, into, the, into their life. And you know what was happening? There was a generation growing up. They didn't know the difference between Jehovah and Baal. They had learned how to worship God, worship both of those gods, the true God and the false God. they learned how to worship the many gods. Uh, uh, listen, there was a generation coming up. You know what happens when you get rid of all the other gods? It helps your young people to know why what's real, what's right, and what's not right, amen. We don't have to study false occults and false denominations. All we gotta do is study this King James Bible and worship the one who's the author of it and live by it, amen. And it'll be good enough when something comes along that's not right, that little radar will go up. But thank God for the reality as the choir son, I'm glad to know that my God is real, hallelujah. So I see here tonight that they were without the true God and that had to do with their worship. And then notice secondly, the Bible says that they were without a teaching priest. Amen. That had to do with their wisdom. In other words, the responsibility of the priest was to not just go into the presence of God, but the responsibility of the priests was to teach the difference between what was right and what was wrong. They were to take that law and to take that book, and they were to they were to be the deciding factor upon the word of God. They were to teach the people what thus saith the Lord God. And because that they were without they were not only without false worship, but or without true worship, but they was also without wisdom. They were coming up without priests teaching them. There was a generation coming up that did not know the truth they had been around the truth but they did not know the truth amen you know people need preaching we need preaching and we need teaching I like it like this morning the presence of God was so real moved in and uh, the Lord was done wasn't he but it's not that way all the time I mean sometimes uh, it's it's singing sometimes uh, the presence of God moves and we worship and we know that that was enough and we go home but then there's times when uh, listen I don't care if you sung 49 songs you're not getting it off the ground it's just preaching weather and it just needs to be preaching weather and then there's seasons amen you know what singing was created for to prepare the heart for the word of God isn't that right and I like good singing and thank God for good singing but I wouldn't give a nickel for somebody that would shout on singing and would not shout during preaching. Amen. I mean, that mood may not always hit you, but listen, I got problems when you go to church and they shout all the time during the singing and the man of God gets up and it's crickets all of a sudden. Amen. We ought to be more excited about the Bible than this book than a song book. Isn't that right? You know I love shouting and I love singing and I love praising God, but I like it all. Amen. Ain't nothing like going to church and a man of God taking the Bible and preaching what does saith the Lord God and Feeding my soul and helping my spirit and putting some strength and stability in my family. Hallelujah. The Bible will help you on it. Brother, I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to this week. I'm looking forward to everything, but I'll tell you, I'm looking forward to the preaching. Preaching feeds my soul. Where would we be today without preaching? Now, there's nothing worse, as I said this morning. Nothing better than good preaching, nothing worse than bad preaching. Now, y'all don't look so spiritual. You know you've heard it, amen. hope you ain't heard it here, but you probably have. But you know, I'm telling you, a good sermon with a touch of God, Brother Allen, I mean, I could stay all day. A bad sermon with no touch, 15 minutes seems like an hour and a half. Are Anybody out there identify with that? And brother, sometimes we have it and sometimes we don't, amen. You say, what do you do, preacher, if it's dead? I just look for a hole real quick to get in and go to the house, Amen. Is that right? I mean, if I, if I feel a touch, I'm gonna preach. If I don't feel a touch, I'm gonna shut her down, go home, come back and try it again another time, amen? But there's no sense in riding a dead horse. Isn't that right? But I'll tell you the Bible, if we preach the Bible, you didn't come to hear my opinion. You didn't come to hear my person about my personality. You didn't come to hear about my life. I'm glad we got a book to come. This ain't a Sears and Roe catalog, amen? I'm telling you, it's not a Time Life magazine. It's a God-breathed book, the word of God. It's got all the answers for all of life's problems, amen. It'll help you, amen. It'll see you through the storm. It'll get you through the valley. It'll get you over the mountaintop. Thank God it'll pick you up when you're you're down. It'll strengthen you when you're weary. It'll help you along life's way. I just love the old Bible, God's wonderful book divine. Don't you thank God for a book? Thank God it's the answers, how to raise your home, how to have a happy home, how to love your wife, and how how to love your husband. It's everything you need. Amen. And thank God the preaching. But we need teaching and preaching, don't we? I, I'm not just saying this, but I've said it many times. I've said it other places. I've said it in Sunday school. I can't tell you the times God has helped me. He helped me this morning with something. Just through the word of God. Don't you thank God for Sunday school? I knew it would get a little quiet when I said that, but I said it anyway. I thank God for teaching. Brother, I'm telling you, Thank God, a man told me one time, he said, you know, Sunday school's just a tradition. He said, it's just a tradition. I said, so is brushing your teeth, but it's a good one, amen. amen. Is that right? I'm not gonna quit brushing my teeth just because, I, you know, I can't find it in the Bible, amen. I believe personal hygiene's in the Bible, don't you? Yeah. And, and and putting on deodorant, it's a tradition, but we're gonna keep on doing it. Somebody say man. Amen. Yeah. I'm talking about not, hey, thank God, that's an extra hour to hear the word of God, amen? And what is happening is if this generation is gonna make it, if your children, if your grandchildren is gonna make it, they're gonna have to get under the fundamental preaching and teaching of the Bible. And listen, not all this mess that's going on nowadays. I'm absolutely amazed. I really think that some people get so tired of looking, they give up. I'm amazed at what people call preaching. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about the contemporary crowd. I'm talking about it in our fundamental movement. Well, yeah. I'm telling you, listen, that nowadays somebody get up and tell a sad story and, and get everybody crying and give an invitation. People go away and say, and, and nothing wrong with using illustrations. But I'll tell you, if all I have is an illustration, I don't have a whole lot of preaching. Right. Is that right? right? You know what Azariah told King Asa? I told him the word of God. I'm convinced the only thing that will help me and you is the word of God. And they were without the true God. That had to do with their worship. They were without the teaching priest. That had to do with their wisdom. Then notice this last thing. They were without the law. That had to do with their way of living. Now notice in verse number three that he says now for a long season Israel hath been without the true God, without a teaching priest. And notice it says and without law. Not the law, the, 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 the Pentateuch but they were without law. The reason people, it had to do with the way they were living. They were living as if there was no no consequences. There was no law. Every man was doing that which was right in his own eyes. Now, the reason for that is is because when you don't have the true God and when you don't have the teaching of the word of God, then people just live any old way. Isn't that right? And in our churches, so-called churches today, uh, listen, they've got what they call worship, but it's not fundamental worship. It's not worship that lines up with the Bible. Hey, that book tells you how to worship, amen? It tells you how to live your life, amen? I think you'll live a, a clean life, amen? It tells you uh, how to how to walk and how to live. And, and I think worship will affect the way that we live. Isn't that right? It's not come to church, have a good time on Sunday and live any old way you want to through the week, amen? I'm telling you, listen, if worship is real in here, it'll change the way that you and I live and walk out there. Isn't that right? I want the kind of worship that changes me. Everybody in the Bible that worshiped, they were holier as a result of that worship. And any worship that takes holiness out of the equation is not the right kind of worship. They were without law. They were living. Can I be honest with you tonight? I don't want my children to live any old way. And neither does God. God don't want us to live any old way. God gave us that book. Can I tell you what God wants us to do with it? It's very simple tonight. Obey it. You want God to bless your life? It ain't that hard. Read the Bible and just obey it. Find every principle you can and just obey that principle. It's not hard to have revival tonight. Revival comes when we obey it. When we say, dear God, whatever you say, that's what I'll do. He come to King Asa, and there's more to, the, to that sermon, but that's really the only part that I'm preaching tonight. He comes to him. You can read it when you go home. There's a lot of preaching in that chapter, but I want to tell you this. He comes to him. He says, Asa, he said, you want God to bless you? He said, there's some things that this nation is without. They're without the true God. They're without the teaching of the priest, the word of God. And people are living any old way. They're without law. Can you know, I tell you, that's America tonight, isn't it? Yeah. America, we've got it stamped on our coins and I'm glad it's still there. In God we trust. It's still in the Pledge of Allegiance and I'm glad it's there. One nation under God. I pray it stays there. But just putting it on our currency and putting it in our anthem will not bring revival. America is a nation that is without the true God. But the hope is right here tonight. Do you realize this week of revival what God does, what we allow God to do this week could be the turning point not just here but all across this country. You saw a preacher, I don't believe that. Well, that's the problem. Until we get to the place where we believe, hey, the responsibility's on us tonight. I don't, I don't want it to ever be said about Bible Baptist Church that we're without the true God. I don't want it to ever be said that, you know, I go down there, they don't really teach and preach like they used to. I don't want them to say, boy, now I'll tell you down there, they used to really preach. Oh, no. John Morgan, he's coming back this week. You know what he's done every morning? He's preached on everything. He's preached on things that I'm not even against. I'm being honest with you. I think he's preached on things he's not against. But the young people love it. And it's helping the old people too. It's helping the, anybody that comes. Amen. And you know what? I've, I've noticed that about preachers. When you preach hard on sin, young people love that. They love it. You know what that tells me, parent? Your teenager. They want you to lead them. They want you to take the reins. They don't want you to be their buddy. They don't want you to try to be their, their friend. And, and I believe there's a part. They, no, listen. A relationship between young people and their parents goes deeper than friendship. It's leadership. Tonight, even in our church as a pastor, I don't ever want to lead this church the wrong way. I don't ever want to get caught up in money or crowd or any of those other things or myself and get to the place to where that what I want matters more than what God wills. i tell you what I want us to do. If God lets me, I'd like to be an old man one day. I'd still be looking at a full house of people that still wanna hear the preaching of the Word of God like it used to be. I wanna see your children and your children's children serve God. All the days of your life. I wanna I wanna still have a place on the side of the road where people can come and say, you know what? They've not wavered. They still got that King James Bible and them old songs. People still rejoice and praise God and there's still a praying people down there at that church and they still believe in living right and living clean and living holy and loving God and reaching sinners and giving the gospel out. Don't you want that to be said 50 years from now? I mean, y'all, tonight, you want to... Hey, I hope you plan on being here 50 years from now. Brother Barnes, I hope you plan on being here 50 years from now. <laughs> If I lived to be 50 50 more years, I'd just be 94 years old. Amen. I'd still be your pastor. But I'm going to tell you something. In case there is anybody thinking about getting out, you better make your mind up. You're going to stay here. Can't make, you can't say well I, I plan on I'll see how this thing works out I can tell you how it works out shipwrecked
1: yep. right.
0: it's not a perfect church well we got problems because we got people but we got unity I thank God for that but I don't want to be without the true God I don't want to be without the teaching you ought to thank God for your Sunday school teaching you ought to pray for Him pray for her I told Miss Cheryl and Miss uh, Greta I said now y'all know you can't never retire amen gotta keep on teaching that's for everybody you gotta stay faith. you ought to thank God you ought to pray for them I pray God will give them exactly what you stand in need of yes, sir. teaching training let's stand tonight I don't wanna be without these things maybe God spoke to your heart tonight if he speaks to you would you obey him if You need to come to the altar tonight while we sing Jesus. I am thine, O Lord. I have heard thy
1: voice, and it told right. thy love to me. Lord, thank you for a good place. But I long to rise in the arms yes. of faith and be closer. Drawn That's where to we need to be. Thee. Are you close to him tonight? Draw me near. Stray nearer, blessed Lord. Don't depart to the cross where thou hast died. Don't drift. From me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding While we well, sing, if you need to
0: come, come on.
1: Concentrate me now to thy service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope and my will be lost in thine. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thy
0: Hey, look at me while these folks are praying. They play softly for just a moment. I believe all my heart. There's somebody here tonight drifting on God. I don't think maybe you're maybe you're not out in sin. Maybe you're not out doing anything you shouldn't do, but you're just drifting. I was praying this afternoon. The Lord just put somebody in this church on my heart. He said, "Pray for them. They're drifting." And you know if that's you tonight, I, I know exactly who it is, God put them on my I never had a conversation with them, but I, think, I don't think the Lord had missed that. He said, you pray for them, they're drifting. Don't drift. So well, preacher, I'm not getting out of church. I know you don't plan on it, but don't drift. A lot of casualties, a lot of casualties due to just drifting along. Get close to God, get right, whatever it is, let go of it. It ain't worth it, I promise you that. Let God help you while we sing this verse.